the Cerritos is visiting the Federation World Corazonia, an artificial megastructure in a bespoke star system designed by a long extinct alien species. takes. I'm your host, Notch Carnegie, and with me, even though I don't trust them to do anything, are <laughs> Adam Bowen <laughs> and Emily Bowen Marler. <laughs> I just, I'm like offended. No, See, I'm I don't, you this is why I can't trust you. This is, I should just take over. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we are. Hey, 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 let me do something. Let me do something. Okay, welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the third season. No, the third episode of season four of Star Trek Lower Decks. You can trust me, I promise, in the cradle of Vexalon. <laughs> and of course, make sure to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Instagram threads as well. Uh, although Threads still hasn't opened up its API, so I have to post everything on there manually, and I don't always do that. <laughs> uh, and this is the point where I tell you that uh, we're going to spoil this episode. We're going to spoil many other episodes of Star Trek and maybe other things as well. So uh, just be ready for that. If you're not, then watch In the Cradle of Vexalon and come back to us. All right, and I forgot to mention this earlier. Tell your friends about the podcast, please. We like having strange new listeners from all over the world. And if you haven't yet, go and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate hearing what you think about our show. All right, as Emily mentioned before, we're talking about In the Cradle of Vexalon, the third episode of the fourth season of Star Trek Lower Decks. It first aired on the 14th of September, 2023. It was written by Ben Walter. Or Ben Waller, I'm sorry, my screen made that second L into a T. <laughs> it's directed by Brandon Williams. And the in-universe date is 58759.1. All right. We always start with our strange new takes. Uh, which of you has a strange new take for me? I will go. I can see Adam is having some struggles at the moment, so... I just have to say there's something really satisfying about certain jobs or tasks. And one of those is power washing. Power washing is very satisfying because you can see like the change in color on your siding <laughs> as you go <laughs> to the lines down. But wow, I was soaked. Like you'd think I had buckets just poured over my head by the time I was done power washing from all the water that was coming up under the soffits and then pouring onto my head. But I had a really good time power washing today. So I just thought I'd share and, 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 you know, share the satisfaction that comes from a task like that in case any of you are looking for satisfying tasks where you can see the progress that you're making. I like those kinds of tasks. Nice. And my strange new take for this episode, um, I think it's more like just the, the takeaway lesson that I got from this because I think it's probably a lesson that I need to learn in my own life. Sometimes you need to let other people help you. So that's, and that's okay. <laughs> and you don't need to do everything yourself because when you do everything yourself, you like make the ring planet destroy itself. So, you know, sometimes it's good to ask for help. 
Yeah. And uh, well, first of all, a, a, a tip. Uh, other people also enjoy this uh, power washing thing. There's even a game called Power Washing Simulator. And that's <laughs> just what you do is you clean buildings and make them look less dirty. <laughs> wow. It's funny. I just actually watched that episode with Dietrich, the Strange Energies episode. Yeah, where... I was just thinking about that, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mariners power washing. a whole episode about it. <laughs> feels feels good to everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just got a, a French drain installed, and I've been really excited about having that happen. So, uh, yay for maybe dealing with water damage things. Uh, although I, I had to replant all my plants, and two of them are very unhappy. So oh, I don't know no. if that's going to be a thing that uh, continues on to the future. So we'll see. Unhappy um, plants are better than unhappy chickens, though. So Yeah, 100%. Uh, and since this is all in the front yard uh the strange men did not scare the chickens uh (laughs) they do not they they do not like men they they have not met before they do not like men in hats uh they do not like men carrying things and all of those things happen when someone works on your yard so (laughs) uh for the episode um I don't know. I just I like thinking about the Kardashev scale. Uh, I think it's cool whenever it comes up in Star Trek to see a uh, like a Dyson sphere or something like that. So uh, uh, cool to see a, a bit of that kind of stuff happening in this one. It makes a cool icon thing, too. Like the image is just really cool. Oh, Sorry, yeah. yeah. On Memory Alpha, there's a nice little mm-hmm. picture of it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I will mention that it is sad and depressing that I can no longer just sit in front of video games my entire day like I used to as a kid. <laughs> like, I need something Same. to do. I like need structure or, like, a task or a project. I just can't, like, sit and watch TV all day. I had a few weeks off of work because of my wrist uh, injury, and mm-hmm. it was by the end there, I was getting very bored, and it's kind of sad. <laughs> Uh, and of course because my wrist was gone i couldn't do like the types of like diy projects and stuff that i typically do at home so what i would mm -hmm. imagine you maybe we couldn't do video games the same way you normally would you could okay Uh, because i could hold my wrist neutral oh okay so it Mm -hmm. was it was just fine enough i couldn't play like computer games Uh, i could play like on a console yeah so anyway um so yes that's that's it's very strange for me to to come to that realization um, with this episode, I think it's interesting, again, seeing Lower Decks actually take the approach of, like, giving us some compelling sci-fi or trying to give us, like, a more, like, regular Trek sci-fi story every now and then rather than trying to do, like, their, like, tropey, like, the, like the Voyager episode. That, that existed just because they wanted to give us Voyager references. This <laughs> one is, like, there's more, I feel like, of a classic sci-fi story in here even though it's like a comedy, it's it's played for yeah. comedy this time. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's let's talk about this episode. Um, here's the summary from Memory Alpha. Uh, Boimler leads his first away mission on an alien megastructure. I think <laughs> a few other things happened, but... I think so, too. It's <laughs> uh, just me. Uh, no, apparently not. Um, so, in this episode, Freeman and Ransom are helping the species that's on a ring world. For those of you, I mean, Adam and Emily kind of references already, but if, for those of you who don't know, ring world is actually a book by Larry Neven, and it came up with the idea of this giant, like, it's in the book, it's huge ring world structure, much like you see in the episode. It's kind of a sci-fi, iconic piece of sci-fi, like, lore that's reused in a bunch of different sci-fi series. Once you read ring world and you start, like, 
seeing things like Halo, like this episode of Star Trek, there's many other things that feature a very similar structure built by unknown aliens from millions of years ago. Like that's a, it's, it's become kind of a reused sci-fi concept. So in this case, our ring worlds uh, is, is maintained by a computer where Boimler and his away team are servicing one of the power structures that's been created for this computer. And then on the ship, Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford are assigned a kind of really repetitive, boring task by a senior <laughs> officer. So that's, that's, I think, what happens in this episode. The A, B, and C plot. <laughs> yeah, the A, B, and C plot. We haven't used that terminology in a while on the podcast. So should we start with like a more general, like, what was your feeling on this episode? Like, how did you, how did you kind of feel going through the 20 minutes? I thought, I mean, I thought it was funny. They had some, uh, so they did their callbacks to Deep Space Nine. I yeah, kind of felt like there were callbacks to Deep Space Nine and callbacks to um, TNG. Whenever I see the isolinear chips, I just think of TNG, especially yeah. the, uh, is it the Naked Time or the Naked Now episode where like the one of the guys like pulls them all out. And so then Data has to go in really quickly and put all the isolinear chips back in so that the ship will still function. Anyway, but I just, I th it seems like the isolinear chips were big, just featured a lot in TNG. Yeah, they absolutely were. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I was reminded of it for that, but then also, um, I forget his name, but the, the, uh, the officer that was tasking him with the, uh, ice linear chips, he just, uh, uh, get, gives off, uh, Reg Barkley vibes to me. Uh, it, it just has that look. <laughs> uh, so I was sort of transported into that, uh, mind space. Except Reg Barkley wouldn't haze younger. <laughs> younger uh <laughs> Dirk, by the way <laughs> this is lieutenant dirk played by phil lamar oh phil lamar okay yeah. of uh futurama fame and probably a bazillion other things of mad tv man kids these phil lamar was in mad tv and then he was also in pulp fiction mm. and he's, he's become an incredibly successful voice actor since then like yes. he's done a million things so uh yeah, I, I mean, for me, this was like a little bit, I feel like I, it didn't, it didn't grip me this episode, I feel like. It was. Just it didn't little, have something that pulls you, that like, that you take away from it the same way that previous two episodes did. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like I was like, why don't they introduce some element of this like mysterious ship in this plot somewhere or something to like, you oh, know. Oh yeah, that it didn't even show up at all. Uh, I my assumption earlier in the series or in the season was that uh, that was going to just happen every single episode where we just like blow somebody else up. So maybe like Cardassia this time, but yeah, it's not. And I, I think what happened is basically this episode was also playing on a couple of like previous references to Lower Decks, right? Like this, this was an episode that turned Lower Decks kind of on its head where number one, we've had so many evil computers in Lower Decks already, mm -hmm. much like the original series. And also in Lower Decks, we've had our ensigns being doing repetitive ensign tasks assigned by the lieutenants. Mm -hmm. But now we have Boimler learning what it means to lead, not just learning mm -hmm. what it means to be an ensign, but also then these guys getting hazed by the senior officers as well. Mm -hmm. So it kind of turns a lot of Lower Decks tropes kind of on their head, but also uses them a bit as well. Mm -hmm. So... Um, 
what y'all think of Vexalon, the happy computer? Like, I really thought that Vexalon was going to turn evil at some point, and it never did. No. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think off. I had the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was funny that, like, the idea is that it, it got, like, stuck in the update. Uh, I knew the moment that she's like, oh, well, one, I, I kind of don't understand how... I, I think the hardest, maybe, maybe not necessarily the hardest thing, but, like, it felt weird that uh, Vexalon is, like, a six million year old computer or something like that, but, like, has software updates that should have been happening since then. Like, I know, what is, a million what, year old who, update. Who is, who, is, who is making these updates uh-huh. uh, and all that? Well, um, and does anyone, did anyone else find them, you know, just thinking that seems pretty stupid if an update hasn't happened in a million years, you don't just do that update. Like, wow, Captain Freeman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, well, I did think it was kind of funny how Vexalon was getting, would get self-deprecating or like, I don't know why this is happening or, Oh, I'm so stupid. Or I can't remember exactly the yeah, things, yeah. but they just said self-deprecating things because the weather wasn't working the way it was supposed to. Or Yeah. hundred percent. And, and, I feel like um, I also got a lot of hints of like, this computer definitely doesn't want to take over the world. And I was like, it's like kind of felt like Chekhov's gun almost, but it wasn't. Right. Because it never did. It never did. Captain Uh, Freeman just broke it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And did you all notice that the power structures that the Federation had installed, which Boimler and his team were using, were actually Warp 5 engines from Enterprise? And then it had, like, the warp drive from TNG. Oh. I think it was TNG in the background. Oh, the the thing that was overheating or whatever at the... Yeah. That yeah, Boimler had to run to at the end. That looked like a warp drive to me. Yeah, it did to me, too. Um, but the, the other ones that, where they had those, like, little things that they were pulling in and out, those actually looked like um, warp 5 engines, if you look closely. That's mm. funny. I... I, I... I mean, I guess it makes it fit with Star Trek, but it is kind of funny how we how this show will reuse assets like to save money in like a yeah. similar way to <laughs> to what they do in the uh, the actual shows. So I, I, I think that's like a nice little uh, nod to uh, it being steeped in Star Trek. Yeah, hundred percent. And so like you can kind of oh yeah, it's it's very funny in the in the. Like you don't see it right up until the end. Yeah, those are like, definitely warp fight of engines, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, but I think I think the Boimler plot to me was one of the most compelling things in this episode because it's super relatable to anybody who's mm-hmm. had like to be moved into a leadership position. Um, one of the most difficult things to do is to allow someone to do something that you can do really well to do it poorly and slowly, while as they learn to do it. Yep. Uh, it's like that was okay. th- that, that was just absolutely my my struggle initially was like oh, uh, uh, no no uh, wait wait no oh, oh, uh. but yeah it's better to just yeah I, I've had m- more times since then where it's like no it is it is good for me to let something fail uh, so that someone can learn like from that and uh, and like helps build trust and all of that stuff yeah exactly sometimes you just have to let it happen um and and even his like i think i think his plot also allowed us to like appreciate talin more like her presence um mm-hmm. cuz she i think really 
like i think it's clear now that it's really nice having her on the show because i was like are they gonna find a use for her and it's her ability to kind of be the again the kind of calm rational person when boimler's completely freaking out like mm-hmm. it allows them not to have to overuse mariner in that situation well and i i think was what was also interesting is uh you don't expect her to fully trust Boimler at the very end because of how bad he's been uh, through the entire episode. But the moment that he says, like, everyone get out, like, I've I've got this. Uh, uh, and then they start to say, like, well, but that's against the lesson of, like, what you've been trying to learn this entire episode. She's like, no, you heard, you've received an order. Uh, I, I, I thought that was a, that was a nice uh, moment where she displayed the trust for him that she was telling him that he needed to give to everybody else. And I mean, it's also like absolutely clear that this show isn't like The Simpsons, right? Like it's not keeping the characters all at this, the same level of mm-hmm, advancement mm-hmm. or sensibility or whatever. Like season one, episode one, Boimler would not have done this, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is this is why he got promoted. This is not an accidental promotion for someone who's like a goof. Well, and it's like the, I was going to say season one, Boimler is the one that, is it, was it Ix Gretis? Is that a season one episode? Or is that it's a season, like season two one episode? or two or something like that? But anyway, but you know, having to do everything and mm-hmm. achieve it all all by yourself, and like that—that that was the only way he knew how to do things. You know, he yeah, wasn't yeah. good at being a team player in the sense of sharing responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And this is—I mean, so it's kind of neat to see now how they're going to progress as as senior leaders, or, or not maybe not senior, but leaders. Mm-hmm. Um. On the other side of that, then we get to see Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford not really progressing at all in some ways. Because they're yeah. being hazed by a senior officer. <laughs> right. Although you, I guess you could call it progress that he um that that they rolled back their like petty revenge at Dirk when they realized that, you know, that, that maybe he was being sincere or whatever. I, I I did love the reveal at the very end. That it was yes. amazing. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, what did y'all think of the 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 plot with the Iceland near chips? Uh, I I I thought it was it was it was cute. Uh, uh, the I don't know. I I felt like the Alamorain type stuff that that or what whatever it is that they that they sing in that episode is um i don't know i i mean i i p- part of me was like expecting them to have done this earlier so i know that that scene had to play in lower decks at some point uh <laughs> felt a little bit weird to have uh um uh to have rutherford be the one that was like speed running the uh the game <laughs> and not uh um not mariner but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it was cute. I do think it was a missed opportunity not to have like other people in this game. Like that game is so annoying. So like having like spending ten minutes on it with like three or four characters and watching yeah. them kind of mess with it, I think would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It 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 feels like something that you you want to see Boimler playing with the uh, playing with Mariner and the others in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you all catch the? The inner light reference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my. Or is it? Where's my wife? Or I miss my wife? Or something. Yeah. 
Lots, yeah, lots the, of missing wives. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Along with the Irish guy in the last yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> or the first episode of the season. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was a deleted wife, so. Yeah, yeah that was a deleted <laughs> wife. But apparently this, this, like, alien race sent out a whole bunch of these different probes <laughs> to, like, ensnare people. Uh, and they can ensnare Betazoid gift boxes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, the Betazoid box. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I had forgotten about that. I, I wonder, I probably, yeah, you know, no, that was one of the things you want to forget about, right? Yeah, that, that, that was fully something that uh, was locked Season away. one or season yeah. two TNG, right? Yeah, oh, no yeah. one has ever thought about it since then. <laughs> yeah. Just like the, uh, whatever, Kettle Moraine. It's not Kettle Moraine. Kettle <laughs> Moraine, one, two, Calibre. three. It's just like that was first or second season uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I think, I think it's like the third or fourth episode or something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, anything more we need to say about this episode you guys can think of? I just, I thought, I did think it was interesting that we kind of had um, Captain Freeman and Boimler learning the same lesson or being reminded of the same lesson because she wasn't willing to take any help. You know, like, because right. uh, uh, Ransom kept offering her you know, like, are you sure you should be doing that? Or do you think maybe someone else should take a look at that? Oh, no, I've got this. I've got this. <laughs> and it all kind of implodes. So I just thought that was kind of an interesting yeah, how those two characters were going that. alongside. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that maybe the best joke for me in the episode was the um, when they were talking about like, oh, I, I, I couldn't do my sculptures properly. I was too distracted or something like that. And Ransom's like, oh, yeah, that's such poor form. And <laughs> critiques it. <laughs> talking about those are our greatest artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he like still keeps <laughs> critiquing. critiquing. Yeah, apparently along. he's like a big time like art critic. Who knew? Yeah, but it like that. It's it's like at least when we're not thinking about how creepy they made him in in season one. That's what they're trying to help that, us forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that he he is a good character to like toss some of those things in, uh, and even like yeah, that season one episode where he uh, had to do the philosophy in the gladiator ring or whatever. Like that was, uh, it's a perfect thing to use his character for. Oh, we also forgot to mention Boimler saw the koala because he died. And the Black Mountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the yes. Black Mountain. Boimler the died. Black Mountain. <laughs> yes. And, I forgot about and, that. Like, legitimately died. And then yeah. Ransom is pretty much like, oh, it's the first time you died. You, you, you'll get used to it. <laughs> and then to Anna, when he's, she's, like, helping him, is give me 50 cc's or whatever the hell worked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. That was good. I, I, yeah, part of me wanted to have a little bit more of the Black Mountain, but I, I guess it, it is one of those things that, like, if they do too much of the Black Mountain, then it'll maybe take away the joke. Uh, so it's nice just kind of, like, seeing it in the cor in the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it's it's kind of risky for them to, like, they did, the, I think, the perfect job in this episode where they gave us the reference, but they didn't actually show us what happens mm -hmm. right. with the yeah. Black Mountain and fighting and it, a they, copy they of your father yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they didn't bring the fathers uh, in. Uh, and by so the way... So that's interesting, the fathers, because isn't there's that episode of Voyager, is it Coda, where um, there's an alien that's masquerading as Janeway's father, taking yeah. her through this near-death experience kind of thing. Anyway. The other thing to note about that scene by the way the koalas if you take the audio of the koala and you play it backwards it says it's not your time bradward boimler does it really i'm not kidding 
this is not a joke. Like, legitimately on Reddit on Star Trek, they did that. And it's, oh my it's, gosh. Yeah, there's some deep guts in there. Uh, wow. I think also, it, I think the koala shows up in the uh, the little tw- uh, 10 second, like, Star Trek. Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. There, there's like the, it the says Star thing Trek. With the with the ship the, that flies. Yeah, the ship that flies around the, the Delta. Uh, oh, it? The nice. Delta, yeah. You can see, like, it's one of the clouds looks like a koala. Well, they also had it in the Lordex uh, Strange New Worlds crossover yeah. intro yeah. at the yeah, end there great. as well. Yeah, the koala is definitely a thing. Man, that is such a great intro. The Strange New Worlds oh, animated yeah. intro is so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, by the way, that the koala thing, I've seen some reference on Reddit for being kind of like a Mike McMahon thing that he has in, like, a few of his shows. So, mm. I don't know. Oh, okay. But... Yeah, all right, why don't we move on to giving this episode a rating? Would you like to stick your necks out and give this episode a strange new rating? I, I think I'll, I'll go with uh, a seven. Uh, honestly, for me, the highlight the highlight of like this week in terms of Star Trek that I've seen was the very short Trek, uh, the, the second episode of Very Short Treks. We'll talk uh, about that. Let's talk about that in a second. Yeah. Actually, yeah. let's not so, forget to do that. But, but it, it's one of those things like because that, was able to outshine it uh yeah <laughs> if it feels like this this can't be more than a seven uh for me yeah i think uh, i think i'm gonna go the same with a 3.5 out of five i mean it was it was fine but i just i didn't it just didn't do as much for me as the previous week's episodes did so i can't rate it exactly the same as i did mm-hmm. last week's i'm i mean i'm gonna go with a six it's okay it didn't make mm. me laugh much, to be honest with you. It was fine <laughs> as an episode of Star Trek. It's mm. as episode of Lower Decks goes, it feel like it's almost completely forgettable. It's um, no moopsie. There's no moopsie. <laughs> there's no Mugatus having yeah. sex on a log. <laughs> there's no, um, you know, uh, Shax is exploding at the end or whatever. Uh, it's so yeah, six out of ten for me. Let's talk about the very short treks really quick before we end the show. Um, did y'all finally watch to skin a cat? No, I didn't have oh. time. Oh no! Oh, that's you guys too bad, can talk Emily. about it though. It's fine. I'll watch them. I, I I did watch that one. I it was kind of a I, I guess it, it it the first one fit maybe with the sensibilities of uh the original series like uh of like or 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 maybe like how we would even take that into the future. I I don't know, but it it was just sort of the the tale of like uh uh like white people worrying about like why why is everyone offended about us all the time it, it felt yeah, like a weird I, thing to be like the star trek joke i don't know <laughs> i didn't read it like that I, th- I think that's that's i i saw it more as like there's a weird alien species for everything and yeah i, I just thought it was funny like i yeah, i know yeah. you can i don't i don't begrudge like there's a lot of people who read it kind of similar to you adam but like mm. i think that was just a like that was part of the joke was that like he was saying all these references and they were all coming true. And so that was like his yeah, reaction. Yeah. Um, but it's an important point. This is hundred percent, not Canon. None of these are like Canon things. Like we are not, there's no memory alpha articles about these hopefully because they are, there's no species that has underwear for heads. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the, uh, do you really like the second one? Huh? Yeah, I I just I thought it was a it was a cute uh way of um 
exploring like Spock's humor or or, or whatnot. So that yeah, the the idea of like the blooper reel or whatever I thought was I thought was funny. Um, and it uh, I I think maybe more of it is like it, the the humor maybe felt more like it could be in an episode of Star Trek. It was it was more extreme than it probably would would really allow with uh with those characters. But like it, you could you could uh adjust the or like you could scale it down a little bit and have that in an episode of strange new worlds and we would just think it's really funny yeah and again we had saru wearing his 29th century uniform in a 20 oh yeah the, the, i like second century i setting, love yeah, that it's... they're animating it that way like that's fabulous yeah it's super like again they're not paying attention to any canon they're making it very clear to everyone who's watching like do not see this as part of the universe <laughs> these are just jokes um which is pretty neat yeah, so uh, go watch those. I'm excited to see what else is up next. We know there's one with Riker, there's one with Neelix. There's a bunch of stuff coming up that should be fun. Um, yeah, but with that, thank you, Emily Adam, for joining me this week. Really Thanks appreciate so you all making the time to record. Uh, Rudy and Bill, whatever it is you all are doing, hope it's a great time. And uh, thank you, just to go for recording our theme music. Thank you, dear listener, for making time for us in your listening week. And uh, special thanks this week to Vexalon for not taking over the ring world and being a benign computer. You know, not like all those other guys in that lab that uh, has a prison for computers. Yeah, did, <laughs> didn't have to toss them in with Agamus. Exactly. <laughs> all right, everybody, have a great week. See you when the fourth episode of the season comes up. All right, bye. Bye. bye.